you think, because no. um, there's a lot of people I know, a matter of fact, it was a young lady I was talking to last night, well, middle-aged woman, not young, uh, but she said, well, I don't have a story. Now, I'm sure there are people out here who might, I mean, I think everybody has a story, depends on, you know, what you're saying, but if a person, let's say, that's in our business, that gets on these calls and may not, maybe not have the major success that they want, which which is amazing how some people think that they should just be, you know, like like that kind of success. You know, just everybody has it, which a lot of folks don't. Like you say, is you know, you got a small percentage of people that really really blow up, but then you do have other successes. But if a person says, "I don't have that," do you don't you think they do have a story? I mean, how would you, how do you frame your story, first of all? How do you do that when you're talking to people? Okay, so, and this is something I learned. It was the prison lesson because it was something I had to realize in dealing with the parole board. Some of the language in the, um, like, parole board handbook was guys fault literally like the state of Ohio to have what you call a meaningful hearing. This was this is like language. This is like legal legalese that is in the language of what you're about to do when you had this parole board hearing, that you were supposed to have a meaningful hearing. And what I figured out was it's not the parole board that makes the meeting meaningful. They give you a platform. They allow you to submit things. They allow you to write letters, poems, whatever it is that you want to submit on your behalf, and how you present makes it meaningful or not. So my point is this. It's the same thing in life. That's not just a jail thing. Your life is as meaningful as you believe it is. There is great relief in letting ourselves off the hook Mm. in our own dramas, in our own Mm. dilemmas. Oh, it I said that. Relief. You must have been listening in on the call last. Ooh. Can't be listening relief. in like that without telling us, Lou. But go ahead. It is, it is great relief for a human being to exhale and say, I ain't special. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. That's what Bob Proctor do. That's what Les Brown do. That's what Gary Vee do. That's Bob Johnson and them. He, they was, you know, they, they had it all going on. They had all that money. They... You know, they met so-and-so. He played football, so he knew some people already. They, it is great relief for a human being to let themselves off the hook and their responsibility to society. This is the downfall of the world. Every individual, because you have breath and because you have life, you are a pistol. You are something special. You are something that only you can be, and you have a story that only you can tell. Now, if you decide to tell yourself you are not special, you don't have anything meaningful, I tell you, that's what you told yourself. Mm. That's what you not. That's not the reality in the bigger picture of society, but in your personal little small world that you painted, that is your reality. And the goal is always to make the hardest sale. And what's the hardest sale? You buying yourself. Yep. The hardest sale you're gonna make in life. Is you buying yourself? Why is that? When you see, I was listening to a brother uh, had an opportunity to talk at this company called Flying High here in Youngstown, and through that I met a guy 
that works there that knows a guy that is a motivational personal speaker out of Ohio. He mm-hmm. was a football player and could have went pro and had a heck of you know, one of them stories. One of them, so he was mm-hmm. good enough to go pro, but it just didn't happen. All the, you know, the tragedies happened. And he mm-hmm. took that pain and turned it into motivational speaking. So anyway, uh, he hooked us up, you know what I'm saying? So we even DM'd the way we friend up, and I was checking out his material. And while he was talking, it just really hit me like, man, God has made all of us so special in that when you take time to reflect on your life and you see yourself as valuable in the economy of the kingdom, the economy of healing the world, and the economy of overcoming evil, um, it's all types of great things that come out of you because we're just regular people. Everybody's just regular people. Martin Luther King was a regular dude. He just saw his life as meaningful, and he wasn't going to stuff off the hook. See, that responsibility is heavy as hell. Now, this is the ugly side of it. Once you make this leap, once you decide to do that, your life changes now. Your responsibilities change. Your paradigm is going to shift. How you see things. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Somebody just texted me and said, can you repeat that statement? I'm trying to think which statement was that. What statement did you just make? Um. I guess when I was saying that, like, everybody's life is special. Everybody's life is unique, and everybody has a call to share that story, to frame that story, and to share that story in some kind of way. And it don't mean that everybody's going to be a public speaker, because I was talking about Martin Luther King was a regular dude. Mm-hmm. People are regular people that dare to pick up the heavy bags of responsibility. Responsibility, accountability, integrity. Like, we was talking about the interconnectedness of people that's in authority, leadership, them heavy bags. They are heavy bags. And we all born with them. Ain't nobody not have well, I ain't you know, I ain't really born to be a leader. I ain't really born you a leader of your own life. Right. You know, that's the reason why we all like you said, what do you always say? We looking for well, school taught us this, my mom and daddy taught me that, and then I when I got a good job and then they gonna just keep on, you know, creating mm-hmm. systems for me so that I can feed my kids. I told you, I don't even know where I got this from, but it was a book that influenced me. And I, like, just woke up and realized, like, to be a dude, to be a, be a human being, now I'm going to say a dude, to be a, to be a human being, but especially a man, because men is different than women. We are, and we got different responsibilities. Our baggage is different. To be a grown man and you telling yourself, lying to yourself and say, I'm going to depend on Mr. Fleming to eat. Mr. Fleming got a company. And he gonna keep opening up the doors, and he gonna keep letting me in, and he gonna come up with ways to use me, uh, and then he gonna give me some money, and I'm gonna take it, and I'm gonna buy some food for my kids. Man, you shucking your responsibility. And this is the downfall of society. Like, don't nobody want to take responsibility for their own stuff. And you understanding you is the first responsibility. We wasn't taught this. We were purposely taught this. We were purposely taught that. We all intrinsically got something special in us. So this is a hard paradigm shift. This is a hard sale to see your life as being significant to see the things you've gone through because everybody offers something. And to me, I still say this, this is my definition of, like, the highest form of communication you can have when you're talking to an individual. Make your goal to see their gift because a lot of people don't even know what their gift is. They won't even see it. 
Like when you talking to them or you see them in a movie, you is like, look for their gift. We easily see it in entertainers. Why? They presenting the gift. They telling us, you know what I'm saying, they, it's a brand. They already telling us, selling us on that idea. But do we see it in our kids? That's what we got to start. Do we see it in ourselves? Do we see it in our kids? Do we see it in our parents? Do we see it in our neighbors? Do we see it in our people that we are peers? Look for people's gifts. And then when you see their gift, then you know where to motivate. And then you know where to encourage. Because a lot of times, this is why mirrors are so important. And this is what books really are. Books present mirrors, doors, and windows. So in a mirror, I get to see myself. If the mirror is long, I get to see myself head to toe. But how often do we look in the mirror? So we usually view ourselves. We don't realize this until we cognitively come to the realization we're doing this. We view ourselves how the world then told us we look. We view ourselves how the world told us we should behave. We view ourselves how the world tell us uh, our limitations are what we should be doing, what our potential is. We very rarely look at ourselves, and this is what books do. Books. Now, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. When you say how the world does it, is that like comparison? We're comparing ourselves to people in the world, or I mean, Mm-mm. like this. Okay, my fault. Let me hear you. Right, that's a good question. Let me clarify. Girl, don't smile so much. Your teeth crooked. Hmm. Okay. When you're hearing that when you're five and six, whoever told you that, they told you what you look like. Mm-hmm. Now your whole life, you always try to cover up your smile. You got this hang-up now. Ain't nothing wrong with your smile. Mm-hmm. You got this hang-up because they didn't look at you and told you this. Just like yeah. they could say, baby, you the prettiest smile in the world. And your teeth mm-hmm. just is crooked. And guess what? Your whole life, you're going to be thinking, I got a pretty smile. My mom always said I was cute. So, because you have, and this is the thing, aesthetically, I'm sorry, generically, you will have people that you'll see, and they like, they're very attractive, and they got the most hang-ups in the world. Mm-hmm. You got the most, they're trying to cut on themselves, squeeze on themselves, put stuff in, and you're like, dang, why are you saying? You <laughs> have other you do. That's <laughs> <laughs> the flip side of this, and I'm not saying that all God's creatures are beautiful. You have other people that may not. Be generically, I'm gonna say generically, and uh, by the standards of America, generally, as a, you know, what you would consider super attractive. But because of how they see themselves, they swag, they got pretty ways. You say you, they, they got ultra confidence, you know, and they're comfortable with themselves, and that's ultimately what we all should be. But it don't happen like that. Hey, because what's the doctor name that did all the? Uh this was back in the day. He did all the, uh, uh, he did facelifts, and that's what they called it then. And he did a lot of body work on people. And he said that how much work he did on people, when, when he would put that mirror in their face, they still would see themselves as the old person. Absolutely. I know exactly. I don't know Dr. Zane. You know, I'm born with name. He's, he, no, he's a well-known guy. You know, uh, uh, somebody because Google that for me and see. It's the mirror. It's in your mind. It's not you. It's not your shell that you're looking at. It is the mental picture. We and you don't purposely teach kids. This. You have a mental picture of your life. You have a mental picture of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually. And the reason why you're such a hard sell is you naturally feel 
anxiety, you naturally feel depressed when you as a human being are not working in your gift, when you are not working according to your purpose, you are, you, you, you punishing yourself. And you feel that downness, you feel that heaviness on you all the time. Then you know when you cheated yourself. You can't lie to yourself. You can front with me. Okay, so how does that relate, Lou, to people who go to work every day with a job that they hate and they not really how that's that is that why most of the world is so stressed out or what I mean, what is it? Well, it's the reason why the world is what we see is that the breakdown of community is because you might do things over this goes back to what we was talking about with uh that last book, uh Psychology of Money, when mm-hmm. the brother kept talking about compounding. And the whole idea of compounding is like a guy like Martin Luther King was able to do so many things, understand so many concepts from an early age because he started early. Warren Buffett, he started early. So usually you getting into your 30s and your 40s, maybe your 50s even, sometimes your 60s, before you start getting sold on the idea of you as an individual and as you as being special. So you trying to undo all these years of misinformation, of bad communication, of a, a, a unrealistic mindset and how you see yourself in your life. So when you're working on these jobs, and it's not that a person can't work a job and be fulfilled, but are you working in your gift? See, if you're not working in your gift, you're hurting the world because the world needs you. This is why you're here. Think about how many people we got that's doing stuff that's just, like, this is what COVID showed. This COVID is preparing people for automation because robots have taken over much more than we even mm-hmm. believe. It's gradually. So you really don't need people to work. It took a whole, you had to had the whole world stay home and realize and see, guess what? McDonald's still running. Like these people here, they got McDonald's running with like two people. Two people on every shit. They work like two, twelve, and the whole thing. Because like, of automation. Because this is what automation does. So, you know, gas still getting pumped. Groceries still getting delivered. You don't need to work. <laughs> I told all these side pieces they better step their game up because they can get a robot now for a side piece. So you better <laughs> you be saying, that's crazy. Better <laughs> watch your attitude now. I can go out here and buy me one. <laughs> Every, everybody, everybody's job is in jeopardy. There's only right. one job, and, it's, and there's a reason. Somebody tells you I read Michael Gladwell about ten thousand hours. I said, damn. I said it started making me look at my life and reflect on how I just spent my time. I said, what do I know? I said, I don't know shit. I said, well, <laughs> wait a minute. I said, I understand jail stuff, the system of jail. And really it wasn't the system of jail. You know what I'm saying? I said, dang, I'm going through a change. I said, people, the one job, this is the job robots ain't going to replace, at least not in our lifetime. Now, we're all 50 years, 100 years from now, I don't know. But right now, for the next 50 years, I can guarantee you this, there is one job that robots ain't going to replace. And it's always going to be a growing industry. And that's the healing of the broken. The healing of the broken is always going to be people broken. It's going to be a lot of people broken moving forward because when they start snatching these jobs that people thought was untouchable, when they up the strength of the Internet, I don't get to all my nerd stuff. When they up, these people don't know what's going on. They up in the strength of the Internet so it can handle all the devices that's going to be connected to it. 
because the technology is advanced so far, but they holding it back because the internet ain't ready. But anyway, that's something else. That's a whole other kind. But anyway, there's gonna be so many broken people, so many people in despair that want to commit suicide. That's gonna be on drugs and alcohol because they didn't see it coming. Right. They don't they understand that, that job was gonna be there for them forever. Your very business, your very existence, your very identity that you are tied to. The people you're working for, that you're going in late, staying late, coming early for, they are taking every dollar to eliminate you because you are a liability. Mm-hmm. This has been going on for about, about 40, 50 years. They just didn't figure it out now. They really figured some stuff out at a different level now. Right. So what you, you have see to now do where you got people taking fast food orders from home. It's a, you know, they showed a lady in, California, in L.A., she was taking a fast food order at a Hardee's in Atlanta. She came up on the screen and said, hello, can I take your order? And she come up in there, and she typed it in and sent it in to the people in there making the food. And she's sitting at home in Los Angeles uh, on the screen when you pull up on the drive-thru. Exactly. Now, I don't understand the tech side of this, but the human side, because everything is still people, because you use technology to get the people. Like we're using a phone to talk to people. So technology is still all about communication and interconnectivity. I believe in the metaverse due to the fact the reality of the world for the coming generations is not going to be like it was for us. So I fully believe that they are going to have to function in a fake world. So it's going to be like living in a video game where you actually doing stuff. That's how I understand the metaverse. And I get it. It's going to work. It's real. It's not fake. It's not a scam because this is the only place people are going to be able to function because they're going to be in so much despair. They're not going to mm-hmm. be able to live in reality. They're going to be sitting in yeah, the house with their doctor. create their own Disney world. Yep. That's going to be real because all you do is you study that the one that is people. Watch people. People. If you look at every story, every movie, every book, every religion, it is stories about people. People are the most important thing, but we don't invest in ourselves personally. We invest in other people. We'll go watch Denzel movies, and they make us feel a certain way. We'll go watch all the Trifling Tyler Perry stuff. I don't care what y'all feel about this stuff. But anyway, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. We'll go do all this other stuff. We'll, we'll invest in all that, but we never want to look at us. We're the right. hardest thing. So individually. Well, it's going to be worse now. It's going to be like, I ain't watching no television. I'm going to the metaverse because now I can exactly. create everything right there in my own mind. <laughs> You're creating your own story. I'm but the kill. thing is, don't you have ownership of it, though? Is it going to actually bear fruit in the benefit of others? Because often that's what you're supposed to do. You, that's what you're supposed That's how you built. You built for that. That's why you can you can touch, so you can do something and get so much joy from it. You know what I'm saying? You get so much joy from it, but instead of compounding on that, you shrink back and go back to the other thing. The shift, the paradigm shift comes from when you start making a choice to be responsible for your own fulfillment. You know, what is the real reason of the metaverse? Is it for major distraction that other people who want to stay focused going to keep doing what they're doing, or is it? Oh, it's a it's a reboot. This, this is the thing. Okay, now I'm about to get some nerd stuff. I'm about to get <laughs> off topic, but listen, listen. I'm not going to tell you. I am a very basic person. I don't know a lot of stuff. I don't know how to exactly tag somebody still in the post on Facebook, okay? Mm. But 
I have trained my mind, I've opened my mind up to understanding what's possible. I believe in the metaverse so strong because if you look at human nature and you look at the training of the media, so you see, my generation was first generation that was hooked on video games. Like, you got grown men right now, 30-something years old, that, like, are all in on video games, which, which, you know, 40, 30 years old, got a video game system, which is a normalcy now. Now, for me, because I'm still old school, like I say, I think I'm a 70-year-old Republican, that is crazy to me, but I get it. I don't have to believe it personally for me, but I get this is how the world is moving. So now you look at the kids now. What they all do, they all on a device. They live next door to each other, but they text them back and forth. They don't go out and play and stuff like that. It's uh, rare. When I can see them playing, it's like seeing a Yeti. It's like, oh, my God, they do exist. Look at them kids. They throw on a football. They're in the street playing football. football. <laughs> it's amazing you see kids playing. So why? They already train to live electronically. So you always look at the kids and where they headed. That's what's going to be happening in 20 years. Because they're going to be what? They're going to be making the money. They're going to be the consumers. Right. They're going to be the people that's running the world. They already trained to live in a false world. So what it is is a reboot because this economy or this earth is limited. America is not number one in nothing except for prison, drugs, and um, 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 crime. That's what I think America lead in now. We're not number one in tech. Now we're number one in none of this stuff that's important. Tomorrow won't be like yesterday. So you're going to need a reboot, another place to create an economy. The metaverse is a reboot, and the big companies already see this because they get it, because they have been manipulating it. This is why you see Nike, um, Atari, Ralph Lauren, um, MIT, all these places, universities, buying digital land. This is not a scam. This is a new world order. This is we we are in the build, in the middle of like when you go back and you study Carnegie Carnegie and all them the Steel Titans and Rockefeller and them, we seeing it, but we ain't believing it. Right. That's what the point is. This is a new opportunity like nothing else before that we've ever seen before. We seeing it, but we ain't believing it. And people gonna it's be like, liking it. It was like when Ford was talking about the car when we was riding horses. They're like, man, what you doing with the car? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because we so we late adopters, we it's, it's so hard for a set mindset to change because you don't look for growth. You ain't seeing evolution. We thinking we get nostalgic. We get stuck. Oh, this is the best times it's ever been. Oh, when we grew up, it was like this, and, and candy bars was a quarter. Man, nobody care. Candy bars are a quarter no more. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Candy bars gonna probably be three dollars and seventy five cents maybe in five years. Who cares? Guess what? You gonna figure it out. We worry about stuff that don't matter. Gas, right? Who cares? You're going to figure it out. You ain't stop driving because you got to. And you're going to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Things are changing. And that, and digitally, that, all that crap, man, that's stuff real. It don't right. mean that you got to adopt and believe in it, but you got to adopt and believe from an economic standpoint because how money going to move is going to be different. That's what the difference going to be. You know, right. that's why you got to start you know what's your so crazy, own- man? I remember five years ago, a friend of ours, uh, some people that we know that's on this phone, he was talking the crypto stuff then, and we were looking at him side. I remember one of my partners who, uh, he was a millionaire. Making, he said, man, I don't care what that fool say. The currency that we're in now is going to always be like this. The dollar and all this, he's gonna, it won't be nothing like this. And I remember I talked to him last year. I said, you, uh, did you remember saying that? He said, yeah. He said, well, I was so far off. 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I remember saying that, man. The beauty, now this is what you do. We, you reflected on the story. This is the real life story of y'all and y'all interaction. So in this reflection, because he was wrong, now he see, well, damn, the world is changing. So now, okay, you might have missed out on the opportunity to buy Bitcoin for a penny, mm-hmm. but it will always be the next opportunity. So what you do right. is you look up streaming and say, okay, what now? ETF, yep. Metaverse. This is the time. Yep. This is what this is your voice all because he's making a lot of sense. Right. He may, he, forget what the media trying to tell you. Look at what people are really doing. Mm-hmm. You know, watch the reality. Look for the obvious. Look at what people are really, What do kids really do? They always on my phone. I got to take my kids' phone. They always on their phone. They always on their they living in an alternative universe already. Mm-hmm. They need the, the human face-to-face. Now, we might not like that, but this is the right. reality of what's going on. And this is what every generation, and you've got to study history. This is why the dude that hit me on about how important history is, because history always repeats itself. So the same thing they said about, like you said, the car. They're going to have cars. They're going to be flying. Them brothers are there trying to fly. That's crazy. Anybody's going to be flying. Only fly is birds. Only thing that flies is a bird. Because you don't like it, this is the problem with the the, the person. Just because you don't like that the kids are in the phone, stop looking at it as a threat and start seeing the possibilities. Because with each thing, it comes a possibility. This is the mindset. This is trauma. Do you see it as a threat or do you see the possibilities? Embrace it. Because that's what they're doing. You keep taking the phone instead of saying, well, what are y'all talking about? Let me, let me see. Te- teach me about that. But instead of embracing it, because... With your lifespan, because we always feel older than what we are, if you're in your 50s, odds are you're going to live another 35, 40 years, little Willie, if everything all right, with medicine, technology, and stuff, and how, how, the, how the world moving. So just think about that. So if you're in your 50s, you're going to live another 35, 40 years. The world will be a lot different. You need to embrace it. Instead of just right. kids on your phone. What? No, embrace. This is the way of communication right now. And guess what? You're first. I'm thinking about three years. We ain't going to have phones no more. They're going to be like beepers. They're going to be like pagers. Mm-hmm. Might be a little longer. I'm thinking about three years. We ain't going to have phones. The early doubt, they ain't going to have phones. Because they already got technology that all the communication advice is going to be in your clothes. It's going to be in your fashion. It's mm-hmm. going to be in your sunglasses. You're going to be testing. You're going to be able to do all these things in your clothes. They're going to monitor your heart rate. This is me and my nurses. This, this get back on. Anyway, but listen, embrace it. Stop always trying to be nostalgic and stay a pilgrim. Stop having a pilgrim mindset. The way we grew up was the best. No, it wasn't. You're going through life. That's what we in this mindset call. Our life is, uh, is, is in shambles. We're trying to get it back together. Mm-hmm. It was so damn good. Why didn't it work? Well, it was good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> your great thoughts brought you right here to this mindset call. <laughs> All your great thoughts. Right. I remember, man, we were sitting up in the class. We were up in class, man. And I said, man, look at us, man. We we could we got way off topic. You are just amazing class. Mm, <laughs> and we would sit up there just trading trauma stories. I remember one time my mama took a physical cord, then they choked me out the door, hit me in the head of brick. Yeah, man, you know these kids now got no, no respect. But we all in jail. It didn't work. That wasn't a sign. That was abuse. That was, that was abuse. That wasn't good. Stop thinking. Stop glorying in bad stuff. If you keep glorying in a lie, you can't move forward. It wasn't like how we was going. That wasn't cool. See, my mama tell them, you know what, if you don't eat this, you starve to death. That wasn't good. That wasn't no good teaching. That's not good communication. Because you weren't doing that stuff now. So we struggling. Stop lying to yourself, man. Right. <laughs> I said I'd get your mama daddy, but they wasn't always right. Most of the time they was wrong. Because you got to look for what they got no history. Where did they come from? 
You got people that was coming out of ideas from 150, 200 years ago. What did they know? They wasn't taught. Because like I, when we was talking about like during the call, when brothers get up there, sisters get up to talk about all that systemic racism, and they got a Harvard MBA, and they got this, and they just studied uh, transatlantic slave stuff, and they went to Nigeria, and, all, and they all educated as hell. You don't understand what it means. <laughs> the implications of what they're saying. So if we know slavery this, slavery that, Slavery this, slavery that. White man did this. Oh, my God. It was so bad. So if this is what our grandparents and great-grandparents went through, and this is the influence we was under, what did we expect for them to do? Let them off the hook. People that hate their mama and hate uh, secretly, you know, I hate my father, whatever. What was they supposed to do? They was ignorant, didn't know nothing, didn't have access to education. You're talking about if you like, in your 50s or 60s, your great-grandparents, if you met your grandparents or great-grandparents, it's eyes they were slaves. If they were, they were so close to it, they had, still had the exact same mentality. Talking about the town, they were getting lynched to read books. Everybody killing us to go in the library now. Nope. Get all the books you want. So do better than them. Hey, hey they you got to almost them. kill somebody to go to the library. <laughs> hey, that. And then we want to hold this. My mother should have loved me more. She said, how the hell was she going to do that? She was fighting for survival with ignorance. In ignorance. That's what we going to get. So do better than what you came from. Stop lying to yourself about your life. And then stop holding people accountable for your own happiness. In life, there's two funnels. You got a bunch of choices. That's all life gives you, a bunch of choices. You don't just have free will. You got a bunch of choices. Within those choices, you're going to make decisions. And the decisions you make for your life are going to have an outcome. That's that. That's one side of the funnel. You got a second funnel. These are a bunch of choices. And these are all the choices other people have made for you in your life. And in the future, other people will make for you in your life. And once they make that decision, it's going to affect your life. And this is the reality. Both of these funnels affect your life, and you got to accept that. There were decisions made for your life that wasn't right. you got to accept that and understand that is part of the living. That is not something to hold against somebody. It's a part of the living. What you would hope is that they made good decisions for you, but 9 times out of 10, they didn't because they weren't making good decisions for you or they didn't right. understand. Yeah, for themselves, yeah. Why you should search for understanding. This is the reason why you should read and be willing to go to seminars and learn more and challenge yourself. So you won't do the same thing. Stop blaming them and say, well, damn, that was messed up. I shouldn't have done that. IT was messed up on that one, but I ain't going to do that because I'm going to learn more. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we, that's the responsibility of our life. We don't want that responsibility. We want to just sit there and point the finger and blame. They shouldn't have did it. Yes, they was. They was over your life. They had to make a decision. The decision had to be made. If it wasn't great, recognize it wasn't great, and you do better. That's reality. Like, people want to live in reality. We live in this nostalgia, you know, a pain. We pain freaks. It's abusive relationship. It's like an abusive relationship because you stuck to an abusive past. You know, well, you know what? I went to school. I was in a bad situation because, okay, the kids was bullying me. They was bullying me. And my mother told me, don't let, you, don't let nobody bully you, better fight. So I ended up fighting. So now when I end up fighting, I get suspended from school. Then I went home. My mother beat me. Okay, check that out. That's messed up. Stop glorying in that. These kids need to get more whoopers. No, they don't. That don't work. We need more communication. We need more comprehension. Mm. We, we all start a relationship with God. When you get a relationship with God, you understand him as father. You understand him as instructor. You, understand, you, you begin to understand him as your lover, your provider. You understand him in all these areas. And you understand him in forgiveness. Now, we will go to God and have a relationship. We want to crowd the God. We always want to crowd the God. But the relationship we have with our kids and our family, we parents. 
don't exercise the mind of Christ. We tyrants. I'm grown. Don't talk to me when I talk. Why would you tell a kid that? Just you didn't get everything out of him. Now he's going to need a mindset call. He's going to have to read 20 books to get that shit up out of him to put in. And you know better. But you're going in trauma. You're going in some misconceptions that you was taught. You just got to have a place. What place? They little men and women. They don't have no place. They place is to be great in this world, and that's your job to make them great. We can we come to God any old kind of way. I can just come as I am, and he loved me. And that's true and all that, you know, all that stuff. But when you're dealing with your kids or you're dealing with people that's under you, you're subordinate to you, you're a tyrant. This is because you got all that mess in you because you're lying to yourself. Stop glorying in your pain. Stop glorying in pain and say, man, it hurt, man. I don't want to go back there no more. It hurt. It hurt. That, man, that mother used to beat my ass for no reason, man. She would tell me to do something and be contradiction because uh, she couldn't communicate when she was just scared. Most of our parents, people are just scared. So when you got kids and you're just scared, you just try to beat them because you're like, I just don't want well, you to be stringent. You're so hard on them. I just don't want you to mess up. I just don't right. want you to mess yeah, up. And then say, well, this hurt me more than you. I don't think so. <laughs> no, the way I feel right now, I don't think this hurt you more than me. Well, you got a lack of understanding because now your 12-year-old son is start hanging out, and he won't come home right, and you don't know why. But do you have a relationship with him? See, you got a relationship with yourself, so you don't understand relationship. So what you need to do is get your skills up. Ain't nothing wrong with the kids. Something wrong with us. Ain't nothing wrong with the kids. Something wrong with us. Whose responsibility is who? We got stuff all at backwards. Man, look, I got, I got, I got a question I got to ask you, and uh, somebody just texted me this question. Um, and okay, well, let me say this. First of all, Dirty Deacon said that. Don't call him Dirty Deacon. Dirty Deacon made the Dirty Deacon made a statement, and he has a question. His statement is with the virtual reality in the metaverse. He ain't got to put his clothes on, drive downtown to the Magic City strip joint. He can just go and put his goggles on, <laughs> and he get his strippers right there in the metaverse. I'm like, Absolutely. Chris going to be laying in bed next to his wife watching the strippers. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. I'm reading this book, honey. <laughs> oh. Oh, look, he, got a, he, he got a good question, man. I'm going to ask you this one, and then we got to go, but I know this might – you might answer this one in more detail, but let me see if we can get this one out. And then uh, Valerie says we're going to start asking questions through the community next time you're on here. So uh, he says, do you think slavery should be taught in, to children in schools, spite of what it does to a black child's mindset, and likewise what it does to a white child's mindset? He says, I'm speaking from how certain groups develop a mindset of superiority as compared to inferiority. So, excellent question. I was mm -hmm. just on my soapbox about this the other day. <laughs> excellent question. Excellent observation. Mm -hmm. No, it should not be taught in the way it's taught. The reason why Hollywood got all the budgets for Rosewood and Roots and whatnot, because it is a training exercise. The media exists for one reason. That is to shape your mind so that you would consume an idea. Listen, there is so much to the history of our people. Your kids ain't going to get bombarded about Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, 
they go bombard them with that. They're not gonna bombard them with the the excellence of Martin Luther King's mind, his concepts. Now he wasn't always exactly right, but he was figuring some things out. He got he didn't have forty years of compound. By now, who knows what he would have came up with in twenty years? Because he was changing some of his views and he got killed. They're not gonna talk about that. But they're gonna tell you turn the other cheek and, and don't don't worry, just get busted. They're gonna keep showing you black folks getting busted in the head with bottles, turn the other cheek. They're gonna keep showing you slaves and people getting beat and, and women getting raped. They're not gonna talk about the intelligence that that was shown by people that couldn't even understand the communication that was going on, but was able to run multi million dollar businesses. Because that's what slavery that's what they was doing. They was running because white people they was running. They ain't gonna talk about how when slavery left for a short term, and black folks took the South over and was in politics because democracy is my rule. There's more black folks than white. So they was voting. Whites didn't have a plan for that yet. And that's what came with Jim Crow and Sambo and all that nonsense and the, and the hatred of black folks and dark skin. So I think we need to decrease slavery. Like people, I take my kids to see that movie. No, they shouldn't. Stop showing them this shit. Start doing your due diligence to research about history and really show them something. The reason why they keep going into Africa and always making a movie about it and snatching some stuff up and then putting the museum and telling us what it is, is to shape our thoughts. Symbolism is one of the forms of communication, and it's one that's lost upon us. It's something that's hidden. That's one of the hidden things to us. Symbolism is important. We don't communicate in symbolism. We don't even understand it. We do it unbeknownst to ourselves. That's why every company got a logo. Every government got a seal. It's what flags represent, whatever. Symbolism is everywhere. It was the mm. communication of our ancestors. They take it from us. So through movies, through slavery, through in school, teaching a kid the signs and symbols of inferiority, because this is who your people are. This is your origin. This is who your mothers and your fathers are. And this is who we are. We are the victors. We have always been the victors. This is why you saw this uptick. And people thought it was so great in all these movies about slavery. It was just this explosion in the last, like, 12 years of all these movies about going back, talking about slavery. Why is that? You've got to teach a generation that they're supposed to be subservient, and you've got to teach another generation that this is what we do, okay? This is who these people are. This is who we are. We talk about slavery too much. You see all these black churches. Soon black history might come around. We'll pull out the fried chicken and the Negro spirituals, and we're going to talk about wading in the water. Why don't we talk about the intelligence and in, 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 in the brilliance of our people? 24-7. Why don't we talk about that? You ain't going to get bombarded with that. You'll get bombarded with a bunch of emotional crap because there's people in place to keep you there, too. Ain't gonna go into, I ain't going to go into politics. Listen, let me tell you about systemic, about what systemic really means. This is how businesses are created. This is why McDonald's is created. That's why your, your hamburger tastes the same in California it tastes in, in Philly. It takes a system to get a consistent outcome over time. So when you look at the plight of where black folks live, what you will consistently see is those areas generations ago depended upon the church as their advisors, as their leaders. That's who they trusted. And we see a consistent outcome of what? Despair, ignorance, mm -hmm. poverty, and crime. You have to set up systems 
to have a consistent outcome. That's all I'm going to say. Let that sit in. If it went over some people's <laughs> nah, head, they're coming at you now. You just, you just said they're blaming it on the church. They're coming at you now, Lou. You can't bag out. I, I got so, your back, though. I got your back. <laughs> so, <laughs> me and it, it, man, it, it, me and the dirty deacon got your back. They ain't going <laughs> to say I it on church. I'm blaming it on the power on the people. See, we, 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 we point the I'm blaming it on the people. So the people you got set up, so I'm going to let y'all sit in on this. <laughs> this is Martin Luther King and Michael X died. The black power structure politically in America has been the same. It has been the same people in the same seats in the Senate, Congress, a few blacks sprinkled through. They have been the same people holding them seats down for decades. And we see the fruit has been what? I'm just going to let that sit in. For people that don't understand what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. It ain't for you right now. For people that understand exactly what I'm talking about, if you mad, good, because you understand what I'm talking about. If you say that man, good, because you understand what I'm talking about. They've been the same people in the same power. These are our leaders that come after bodies get dropped. They ain't preventing a murder yet. But after somebody get killed, they come and pray and put teddy bears up. And now we got a lawyer that run around chasing ambulances. He can't wait for the next police shoot. These are the people that they give us, and we think they're doing something good, not realizing where's the life. Jesus preached life. He didn't do it. He went up to life. Who creating life? Who, who, who creating prevention? Who going upstream and saying, why is this happening? Ain't nobody doing that. That's crazy. Don't come pray for me after I done got shot, nigga. Stop the nigga from shooting me. <laughs> I don't need to pray after I done got shot. But won't he do it? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. Hey, man. Go look at what systemic means. You have to have a system to get a consistent outcome. Right. If you go to Baltimore, right. all, all hoods is the same. You go to Baltimore, it's the same hood in Oakland, in Cleveland, in, in Atlanta. The same, Atlanta. All the hoods is the same. Mm -hmm. How do you get a consistent outcome like this? Right. How do you get a consistent outcome? Is a system put in place. Well, the projects was one system. Now they're tearing down. They're setting up another system. But it's the same thing. And you have to have people running the system. I'm going to give people a little help on this. Do they know why we have governors and why we have mayors of cities, why we have city council, why you have the Senate and the House? Do you know why that exists? Let's mm, hear it. It exists because the pilgrims, the power to be colonialism, they knew. They said, well, hmm. They understood business structure and order. They said, if we don't have these levels to control the people, they'll all be in Washington. They'll all be well, in Philadelphia. They'll all be up here talking to us, and we'd be wasting our time with this dumb shit. So what we're going to do is put people in place to control them. To block them, right. You're going to see, when you got a problem, you go to your PTA meeting, then, you know, because you're involved, then you'll go to the city council right. meeting, you'll tell them, say, oh, yes, Ms. Johnson, that is terrible. I am working on that right now. And depending upon, depending upon, I'm gonna say, That's I'm gonna, a chain of commandment in the military, too. You'll never get to the lieutenant or, I mean, uh, the big guy. You're going to always got to go up the chain first. <laughs> exactly. It is to control. Governments are to control. What are they controlling? What is the one thing that if you mess up, it is one entity. There is one entity that if you cross them, they come. In. I don't care if it's about $10 or $10 billion, the IRS. They control the money. You right. can't hustle and not give us our cut. Right. So we got to have these systems to control you and make sure we get our money. Right. 
Because your tax dollars pay for what they claim. The salaries are those that control you. I'm going to shut mm. up now. If, if you understand what I'm saying, don't worry about it. Ain't your day. If you're mad, that's good because you understand what I'm yeah. saying. If you are. Hey, man, but we we got to stop for real, though. But, man, I, um, next Friday we're going to finish up 12, and then we're going to jump into the first one, uh, the first interview I did with Lou. Uh, well, the first one we recorded because we had been talking for six months before we even started recording. So, um but, man, it's good to know that you're out and about and you out actually, you know, because we talked for a long time while you were in, but to see you out here, you know, working in reality now, you know, the real world and doing some stuff, man, that's why we like listening to you uh, and hearing you because you're well-read, you know, you, you know, the stuff that you've learned and taught yourself, you know, most folks will never even get close to doing that, not not at all, so... That's something you need to be definitely proud of um, because, you know, even though you said it was in you, but you brought it out of you. Push it to the limit.